0: He's done great things. We should give him the glory, shouldn't we? And everything we do, eating, even eating, oh, that's sometimes difficult. Not too difficult, <laughs> you bab to say. Eating and drinking, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. May that be our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can come today. By the grace of God, we do want to give you the glory. We want to glorify you in this service, Father, in our church, in our life. Lord, everything about us, Lord, help us to glorify you. Pray tonight as we look to your word, as we fellowship, as we sing, as we give, that, Father, we would honor you, we would please you in everything that we say and do, our actions and our attitude. May Christ be glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Speaking of gold. <laughs> and the treasure says Amen. <laughs> I hope you give some of your gold back to God because really it's all his anyways. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. You could go home right now and everything you have is gone. It happened to Job and it was God's will that it happened to Job. Lord allows us to have some things. Thank God for them, but really our treasures are in heaven, folks. If you focus on what's down here, you will be sadly disappointed because they will fade, moth will get them, thieves will break through and steal. Because they leave the door accidentally open. All kinds of things can happen. <laughs> Brother Jimmy, would you pray for us? <laughs> that song in the garden. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Revelation chapter 20 this evening. Revelation chapter 20 is we are finishing at the, up the last couple chapters in this glorious, blessed book, the book of Revelation, the last book in our Bibles. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 4 this evening, Revelation chapter 20 and verse four. Revelation 20 and verse four. It says, I saw thrones, talking about John. John says, I saw thrones and they that sat upon them and judgment was given to them. I saw souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God, and which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads, for in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. And the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. And, first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Father, we thank you. Lord, we long for this day. We look forward to that day. We can rule and reign with you in a perfect place, in a, in a place like this world has not seen uh, since the days the beginning of Adam and Eve in in the in Eden a place where there's no sin uh, in the beginning especially lord where there's no sin no, no no suffering the lion will lay down with a lamb the little ch- little child can play over the the nest of a snake lord we just thank you god we just we look forward to that day god where will we'll be perfect righteousness you will rule and reign with a a rod of iron on on David's throne and oh, how we long for that day. We look forward to the day. We live in a day, Lord, where there's so much corruption on every hand. Every time you look up, there's some corrupt politician, some corrupt police officer, some corrupt preacher, deacon, some, someone is corrupt. We live in a world of corrupt because we live in a world of sin. Oh, God, there's a day coming where we will not have sin. What a glorious day that will be. Help us, Lord Jesus, to long for that day and know we will be part of it. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're looking at the future. The future. Three words that came up in Greek mythology to express a time of perfect peace, harmony, prosperity, and equality would be called the golden age. The golden age. I was joking with Brother Tiny before church start about, they said, you know, when you get up in years, it's called the golden years. It's golden, right? And the reasons why it's called golden, because when you get older, you need gold for all those doctor visits. Amen? <laughs> or oh me. <laughs> Amen and oh me. So, but this is the golden age, if you may say, you know, throughout the history of time, uh, there might be different ages where people called it the golden age, the time of Elizabeth the queen uh, was considered a golden age. But this is really will be a golden age. It's really what, uh, what mankind has been longing for ever since they lost uh, that time, that time of sweet fellowship, that time of oneness, that time of closeness with God, right? I mean, Nimrod tried that. He wanted, he he, he led the charge of to, to get all the people uh, when there was just one language to gather together and build this edifice, Lord, that could, could, that could be so big it would eventually go up into the heavens. <laughs> and interesting enough, the, the Trinity, because I believe his father, son, and Holy Spirit right there says, look what they're doing. <laughs> if we don't stop them, they're they going to build this thing all the way up. Nothing's going to stop them. So they he, God confounded their language and became a Babel, Babylon. And so people are, are fascinated with utopia. People are always looking for that place of peace. Everybody's looking for paradise. Everybody's looking for Florida. prince de that somehow has a city way down there too. <laughs> as we saw as we were going to Pensacola, the sound of Ponce de Leon way over there. They're looking for that, that fountain of youth. They're looking for that pot of gold. They're always looking for more, better, nice, sweet, you're hoping when you go on vacation, you get a, a place of tranquility. Used to be when, you'd be able, when you were able to go into a, a, a restaurant, you'd have a place to sit down and eat, you could have a place of tranquility. Not anymore. <laughs> Used to be when you go into the movie house to watch a movie, you know, even a movie about Jesus or something, you might have peace. Not anymore. Because of sin and chaos, there is no peace in this world. There is no peace. There will be. There will be. There will not be any peace until the Prince of Peace comes. It's just. It's just. You can put. You can put. Just put your net noise noise canceling headphones on and and, and put white white noise on and just enjoy it. I I'm on a golf course. It's six o'clock, six thirty in the morning. Here comes a lawnmower. every morning. Wakes me up. And they have a thing, oh, we are not supposed to disturb our neighbors to 7 o'clock. Oh, yeah, right. Except for the golf guy who comes by there and he he's cutting the grass at like 630 in the morning when he can't even see he's out there in the dark. Peace, peace, when there is no peace. People are looking for the golden age. But in the same time, they realize that the end of the world is coming. Think about all the movies. Think about all the TV shows. Think about all the programs that you hear about. The end of the world, the end of the world. Armageddon is coming. Remember 10, I don't know if you remember the movie 10 years ago called 2012. The caption underneath it, the title was phrased, we were warned the day after the morrow. Oh, global warming. Or there, what is the one out there in California? The one about the, 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 you know, the, the great earthquakes gonna come. Yeah, San Andreas' fault. There's, there's always the end of the world. Something's going to happen. Something's going to trigger it, and the whole world is going to be destroyed. So we live between utopia and realizing someday, even people who do not believe in God, they know and they know that there's an end of the world is coming. And both of those are somewhat true. You say, well, these are contrasting incompatible notions yes peace and doom but there's going to be doom before there's going to be peace we've been talking about that now of course we have a place that's supposed to be a place of peace called the United Nations uh, way up there in uh, way up there real, real far north of us uh, beyond the Mason-dixon line. Uh, now representing more than 190 nations. Interesting interesting enough, on the plaza across some street from there is, the, is is these words written on the walls. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they lean, uh, learn war anymore. Where's that taken from? Isaiah. Across the street from the... From the, from the United Nations is, is those words. the world longs for peace, but they, they long for peace but they don't know the prince of peace. because there is no peace without God. There is no peace. there is not you can't buy pro, you can't buy property enough, you can't have gold enough, you can't get cryptocurrency enough. you can't sell computers enough, you can't have more insurance enough. Nothing can buy peace. Nothing can ask buy peace. Ask if you could bring back Saint Frank Sinatra right now and ask him, "Do you have peace?" I wonder what he'd say. If you could bring back Steve Jobs right now for just a few moments with all that money, I wonder. And you asked him, "Do you have peace?" I wonder what he would say. Some of the most talented, some of the most brilliant, some of the most knowledgeable. Some the most gifted people in the world left this world with, and left without peace. Because they were looking for peace in all the wrong places. Do you have peace tonight? Do you have peace? Are you trying to find it in some rabbit hole that always eludes you? It's that carrot in front of you that you're looking for, trying to find it. Oh, if I just do this one more job, if I just complete this one more thing, if I just if I just fix this one thing or, or do this one more thing, I'll have peace. Ah, there is no peace outside of Christ. What will be like, what will that time of Christ's reign? What will it be like when one author said it like this, imagine a world described by the prophets throughout the Old Testament dominated by righteousness and goodness. A world where there's no injustice, where no court ever renders an unjust verdict, where everyone is treated fairly. Imagine a world where that's true, right, noble marks on every aspect of life, included in personal relations, commerce, education, government. Imagine a world where that's complete, total, permanent peace, where joy abounds and good health prevails so much that, The world's growing population lives for hundreds of years. Imagine a world where the curse is removed, where the environment is restored to the pristine purity of the Garden of Eden, where peace reigns, even in the animal kingdom. So the wolf will dwell with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the young lion with the little boy will lead them. Imagine that. Imagine that. Think about the prophecies of the scriptures. There are about 330 prophecies in the Old Testament concerning Christ's coming. Of these prophecies, 109 were literally refi- were fulfilled during Christ's first coming, leaving 220 yet to be fulfilled in His second coming. Among the 46 Old Testament prophets, fewer than 10 of them spoke of Christ's first coming, His birth, His death, his death, resurrection. But 36 of them spoke of the events connected to His second coming. There are about 1,500 Old Testament passages dealing with the second coming of the Messiah. In the New Testament, one out of every 25 verses refers directly to the second coming of Jesus Christ. There are nearly 2,000 references to the second coming of the King of Kings. How do we know that the King of Kings, the ruling Messiah, is Jesus? A couple questions we're going to ask tonight, hopefully find some answers. First of all, the question is, are there two Messiahs? Are there two messiahs? You ever heard that question? One that came the first time and one that's coming back. Many Jewish scholars believe that there possibly could be two messiahs, one who would suffer and one that would reign. If if we only had the Old Testament, we might lead to that conclusion, since the prophets didn't make a clear distinction at the times between the first coming of Christ and the second coming. Why is that? Because the Jews were supposed to accept Jesus. He came into his own. They didn't see this part. They saw him being accepted, Israel accepting him, and the kingdom being established. But what did Israel do? Israel did what they always did. They rejected it. It's like when they had the opportunity to go into the promised land and Moses send the spies out there with Caleb and Joshua. It was time. It was time. What did they do? No, there's too many giants. We can't do it. You remember, remember the song, Ten We're Bad and Two We're Good? We don't have to sing that again, do we? <laughs> Caleb and Joshua said, No, let's go into the land. We can do it. We can do it. Jesus came, son of a carpenter. Joseph's son? Mary's son? He's the Messiah? We know him. He's not. He doesn't look like a he doesn't look like a king he doesn't act like a king he came from her from Nazareth is anything good come from Nazareth that can't be the Messiah it was the Messiah it is the Messiah they rejected him they rejected him and because of that ultimately they crucified him he died on that cross shed his blood was buried for the third day he rose again that's why we celebrate this coming. Sunday, Easter, resurrection, because of what Christ has done for us. Thus, we have the church age, the time of the Gentiles, which Israel really didn't see that. They, they missed that whole part. So if you only had the Old Testament, you'd say, well, yeah, okay, Christ is, 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 is you know, he's, he's coming, and uh, he's going to be received by his own, his own is going to accept him, and then he's going to usher in the millennial kingdom, but that did not happen. So we have prophecies all the way going back to, to Genesis that there would be one that would come. Of course, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we mentioned that. All, uh, also, other, other, pla- other places. Luke, of course, the New Testament talks about the genealogy of Christ back to the tribe of Judah. The, tri- the prophet Micah, which we've been talking about on Sunday night, mentions the, the place of his birth in Bethlehem. Uh, Luke reveals that Christ indeed was born in Bethlehem. So Christ has prophesied that he would come. Isaiah chapter four verse 4, seven verse fourteen. We read often times of Christmas time. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign, Behold, a virgin shall conceive, and bear a son shall call his name Emmanuel. The angel Gabriel came to a virgin named Mary and said, Behold, Luke chapter 1, verse 31, Behold, thou conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son that shall call his name Jesus. Isaiah prophesied that Messiah would, would, would make every valley to be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be low, the crooked shall be made straight, the rough places plain. John the baptizer would come, the forerunner. We mentioned him last week, last Sunday morning. Luke chapter 3, verse 5 Every valley shall be filled, every mountain shall be, shall be brought low, the crooked shall be made straight, the rough ways shall be made smooth. Even David prophesied to the Messiah. Uh, Psalm chapter 35, verse 19 Let him that are mine enemies wrongfully rejoice over me, neither let, let them wink with eye that hate me without a cause. John's Gospels recorded. In John chapter 15, 23, he that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had done any, any, done among them the works which, the, which none other did, they had not done, had sinned, but now they have both seen and hated both me and my father. What was he saying? Me, I, and my, and the, and my father are one. Is the Old Testament Messiah the same as, the, as Jesus Christ? Yes. Yes, the prophet Zechariah said the king of Israel would come into Jerusalem riding on a donkey that prophesied that people would rejoice at their salvation. Jesus Christ rode in on a donkey into Jerusalem. According to Mark's gospel, the people shouted, Hosanna! Remember the palm the palm branches? Palm Sunday? The son, the son of David? Specifically, David foretold the Messiah's close friend whom ate bread, lifted up his heel against him. Psalm 41 verse 9, we know of course, that was Judas. In John's Gospel, Judas Iscariot, receives bread from Jesus' hand and sips, slips out of the room to, to, to portray Jesus Christ. Zechariah even prophesied the price of betrayal be 30 pieces of silver. What was the price of his betrayal? 30 pieces of silver. Was this just coincidence? No. Impossible to be coincidence. Impossible. Matthew records the tragic event when Judas goes to the chief priests and elders <clears throat> following the arrest of Jesus, confess to them that he has betrayed innocent blood. Judas throws down the, the money. They've been given 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord, does the Lord, the suffering Messiah of the Old Testament, the same person as a resurrected Christ in the New Testament? Yes, yes. Are there two Messiahs? No, there's just one. It's Christ. Christ that was predicted in the Old Testament. It is the Christ in the New Testament? It is the Christ that's coming back? It is the same, the same. Secondly, second question: Will the Messiah rule the world? If the Messiah of the Old Testament is the same person of as Messiah of the New Testament, how do we know that the same Messiah will one day come back literally to rule the world? Is <laughs> not that Jesus died for us that we can have faith that our sins are forgiven and go to live with Him? How do we know that He's coming back to come back to rule? And reign on this planet. How do we know that Jesus is coming back? Well, well, let me just say this. Didn't he say he's coming the first time and he did? If he said he was going to come the first time and there was prophecy that he came, that he was going to come the first time, much we already looked at tonight and before. Doesn't it make sense that just like he said he's going to come back the first time and he did, that he's going to come back the he says he's going to come back the second time and he will? The most important thing you have about yourself is not your attire, not your bank account, not your possessions. The most important thing about you is your word. It really is. It's your testimony. If somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I'm going to meet you at so and such a place, such, and such a time. You trust them. Even Maybe you don't even know them. You show up at such and such a place, such and such time. They don't show up. How many times are you going to trust that person who says they're going to be there at such and such place, such, and such time before you don't show up yourself? You're going to give them one chance, two chance, three chance. How many times are you going to get them? Well, I guess it's depending on how, much, how you're, if you're related to them or not, or if they promise you money. All you have is your word, folks. How many times? We've heard that old saying, don't cry wolf, right? The boy who cries wolf, the person who says, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. Ah, if they don't do those things, they lose their what? they lose a reputation. Your testimony, who you are, is the most important thing about you. What's the most important thing about Jesus Christ? He always keeps his word. He's never failed. In all the time that you've lived, has God ever failed you? Has he ever said something, he's gonna do something and he's not done it? No, God is the promise keeper. He is the word of God. He keeps his promises. I can't tell you as a pastor how many times people have come to me and said, Preacher, I'm coming to church on Sunday. I'm coming on Wednesday night. Oh, my back hurt. My foot hurt. The hairs on my head hurt. My dog's got athlete's foot. My cat, something's wrong with his tail. I've heard just about every excuse in the book and some of them are outside the book. And Brother Tiny sings a song. Excuses, excuses. I've heard them all. I've heard them all. But thank God that we can trust in one who's always faithful and true. He's faithful and true. We live in a world of lies and liars. Even Christian folk. Even people who say they know Jesus as their Savior. boy, The the lack of trust even around people is it's, it's, it's harder and harder and harder to trust people. It really is. But thank God, Jesus is always true. Just like it says in his word, it will come to pass. Psalm chapter 2 in verse 1, it says, Why do the heathen rage? the people? Imagine a vain thing. The kings of earth set themselves, and rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder. Let's cast away the cords from us. He that sitteth in heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Woo! God's good You mean God's going to laugh at people? Yeah, He is. That's what the Bible says. He's going to put them in derision so that they're going. They're going to be so messed up at the end of the world when they think they're going to gather little armies together in the Valley of Megiddo and we're going. We're going to take out God. We're going to beat God. We're going to destroy God. The God of heaven just looks down and he goes, (laughs) No way, Jose. No. He laughs. It's just, it's, it's, you look down, you sometimes you see ants going by and you almost pity the ant because you know you could squash it, but you don't. You, you walk over the ant because the poor ant, it just, it got nowhere, it has nowhere to go. Now if it's cockroach, different thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's my wife saying, get the roach, get the roach, get the roach. <laughs> okay Honey, I'll get the roach. Cat, you get the roach, he won't get the roach. I haven't got trained yet, Try. But th- that's not even the distance that, between a human being and a, and a small ant. That has, that, that distance is huge, but imagine God the creator of all the universe sees this gathering of armies like those little, remember those little green GI Joe people used to, they used to get in the packs at Kmart, but when it was Kmart, and you'd get them and they'd come in a bag, they'd be little guy, little stand up green guys, you put them all, you know, and you'd roll a ball or something, you just knock out the whole bunch. (laughs) I mean, when they all gather together and they think they're going to destroy God, they point their little nuclear bombs at God, they point at heaven, and think that they're somehow going to take out the one with one word, can destroy all of them. It's just, it's, it's hilarious. It says, he who sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall you speak unto them when his wrath and vex them in sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon a holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thy inheritance in the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. In other words, the king is coming. How do we respond to this? Verse 10, be wise now, therefore, you kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling, kiss the Son, lest He be angry, and you perish from the way when His wrath is kindled. But a little, blessed are they that put their trust in Him. Wow. Wow. The wrath of God was revealed against the nations of the world in the tribulation following Jesus Christ's return. The Son of God will be the King of Kings. He is the King of Kings, but He will be installed as the King of Kings, ruling. The Jerusalem. This begins the golden age. Are there two messiahs? No, there's just one. Will the messiah rule the world? Yes, he will. And finally, tonight, as we close, is Christ physically returning? Is he physically returning? Jesus Christ knew there would be a question in the future about his literal nature return. So he made sure the angels announced the second coming just as they announced his first coming. Acts chapter 1, verse 6. And when they were therefore come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, what will they at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? They're again, even after his death, bearer, resurrection, him there for, after, for, for, for all that time, even after his resurrection, they're still thinking he's coming back to restore the kingdom. They're still thinking now, restore it now. Lord, we want it now. They warn it now. They're still thinking now. He said to them, verse 7, It is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they had beheld, he was taken up, and the cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye up gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall also shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. The golden age will come one day when the Prince of Peace will physically come back to the earth to rule and reign. The Prince of Peace will be no other than Jesus Christ himself. How long will the reign of Messiah last? Well, you can see in this chapter how long it will say. It says in these verses, verse 4, the Christ Will come a thousand years, verse 5, until a thousand years were finished. Verse 6, and shall reign with him a thousand years. Verse 7, when the thousand years are expired. So is it literally a thousand years? It's literally a thousand years. It's like somebody saying, I'm going to McDonald's. I'm going in my car to McDonald's. My wife and I and my son are going to McDonald's. I think I'm going to McDonald's. I think I I'll get me a burger, a fries. I'm not going to Burger King. I'm going to McDonald's. I mean, how many times you got to say it in different ways? It all means a thousand years, a thousand years. It means a thousand years. A thousand. Is it a thousand literal years, Pastor Marty? I think it's a thousand little years. I think it is. I think it is. It says in verse 6, Blessed and holy is he that put part in the first resurrection and the second death hath no power. And they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. 1 Corinthians 6, 2, Do you not know that saints shall judge the world? If the world shall be judged by you, or you are unworthy to judge the smallest matters. 2 Timothy two twelve. If we suffer, we shall reign with him. If we deny him, we shall he will deny us. Revelation two twenty six. He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. Revelation 5.10, And the house made us unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth with him. Again, well, there will be a thousand years, and what will we do? We will rule and reign with him. Rule and reign with him. The Bible speaks of two resurrections. The first resurrection is an everlasting life. This involves the saints. It's also called the resurrection of the just, the resurrection of life, a better resurrection, Hebrews chapter eleven thirty-five. 35. The first resurrection takes place in different stages. First, the resurrection of Christ, which we're getting ready to celebrate. Secondly, the resurrection of the saint, saints at the age of, of the rapture, which could come before Sunday. The resurrection of the two witnesses that we've talked about, the resurrection of the tribulation saints, and then the resurrection of the Old Testament saints at the close of the tribulation period. The Bible tells us six things about those who have a part in the first resurrection. In verse 6, their condition, they will be blessed and happy in their eternal state. Their character, they'll be holy and identified as God's special people. They're charged, they'll be priests who serve in the presence of God. Their command, they'll be royal and political priesthood. Their course, it will be a thousand years. And their care, the second death, will have no power over them. They are redeemed and will not suffer the second death, which is the lake of fire. Dear friend, be happy tonight. You cannot go to hell. You might have a lot of things bad with bad. <laughs> you might be like that old country song, you your forge broke down, your wife let you and your dog sick or your cat. Your whole life might be like that sometimes. I meet some people, and they tell me songs. I mean, you could, if they wrote a book or wrote a song, they'd, they'd be on stage somewhere. I, I hear some stuff. Your life may go like that, but whatever happens to you, if you know Christ, you have the hope of heaven, and you can't go to hell. You ought to kick your heels up just on those promises right there. Thank God we have that. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 14, the death and hell will cast a lake of fire. This is the second death, and who? so was not was not found the book of life was cast into the lake of fire but this is the characteristics of those of people who are going there but the fearful is not interesting the first characteristics of people who are going to hell are the fearful the fearful why is the fearful people going to hell because he doesn't believe he doesn't trust you if you're fearful you don't you have no ability to trust you're scared all the time, you can't put your faith, because faith fear, faith is the opposite of fear. And without faith, it is impossible to believe, to trust in God, to believe in God. The fearful, it says, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the homewriters, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death. Thank God that's not us, that's not us. That's not us. We're not looking for the hot place, we're looking for the heavenly place. We're looking for the rapture of the church. Although at the outset, we can focus so much about doom and gloom. Folks, we wanna focus on what God has, what has He for us. A place that's gonna be like the Garden of Eden. A place where we get to fellowship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords a place that is promised to each one of us. That's why we can sing that old song. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. Sing it if you know it. What a day that will be, when my Jesus I shall see. And I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. And he takes me by the hand, and to the promised land what a day glorious day that will be yes it is what a day glorious day that will be are you looking forward to it are you longing for it the bible says for those of us who look and long for that day it causes us to purify ourselves purify yourselves as the day approaches is that time when we meet Jesus, we should choose, we should decide to be men and women of faith, to be men and women of character, to be men and women who, who love God, love our families, love, love one another, and characterize true, true people of God. As we get closer to that day, there's going to be more and more shysters, more and more tricksters, more and more antichrists more and more cults more and more deceivers but dear friends may we shine as lights because we reflect the light of jesus christ father we thank you for this day thank you for your goodness thank you for your grace thank you for all that you've done for us i pray lord that you just guide and direct in our life and help us to be what you'd have us to be forgive us father so often where we fail you Lord, I pray tonight, God, if there's a wicked way in us, if there's a direction, Lord, that we're going, some hidden thing that we're involved in, God, that you would show us, God, that you would help us. We may pray the prayer that David prayed, Lord, reveal, show me, Lord. Is there any wicked way in me? Ask, God, Lord, help me to live in righteousness with head bowed and eyes closed. As we long for that day, as we look for that day, may we say, by the grace of God, I'm living for Jesus. Preacher. Tonight, by the grace of God, I want to live for Jesus. I want to I want to end well. I want to finish my race well. I don't want to give up. I want I don't want to quit. I don't want to fall down. I don't I don't want I don't want the to these last 10 yards, these last 20 yards, these last 5 yards to be a failure. I want to live for Jesus all the way home. Would you pray for me that by the grace of God I would endure and keep my eyes on the cross? and keep going towards Christ all the way home. Would you pray for me, anybody like that tonight? Amen. Anybody anybody else? Amen. That's my prayer, Lord, by the grace of God. I want to follow him all the way home. I want to be faithful all the way home. I don't want to quit. I don't want to give up. I don't want my testimony to be destroyed. I want to live right for the righteous one. Pastor, that's my prayer tonight, by the grace of God. I want to live for him. I want to live for him who died for me. As the music plays, if you want to do, do business with God tonight, you can come and seal that with a prayer to this altar. If God leads you, whatever the Spirit of God asks you to do, just obey. Concentrate your life. Whatever, however long you have, and none of us knows how long you have.